So um, usually we have a crossover Thursday, but there is no Eastern Washington podcast here. So I got the next best thing. Joining me today is the head coach of Eastern Washington, Coach Aaron Best. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Thursday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports and GiantsCountryFSI.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Check out Bet Online. It's where the game starts. And before I'm joined by Eastern Washington's head coach, Aaron Best, just going to say stay safe, everybody. Uh, scary times out there. So wishing the best for you and yours. But now let's talk football. Joining me now for today's episode of Locked On Gators is a very special guest here. The Florida Gators take on Eastern Washington this now Sunday. And joining me is the head coach of Eastern Washington, Coach Aaron Best. And Coach, just getting right into it. The biggest story around Florida Gators football for almost two years now has been Gainesville's very own Anthony Richardson as an opposing coach. How do you even kind of begin to approach this game with a quarterback who, I mean, if we're being honest, has been erratic at times, but, you know, can be a kind of nightmare to play against? Oh, he's, he's, he's a hell of a football player. But I, I think I think the first time, I don't know for a fact, I think for the first time I may have, we, we snuck down to Gainesville, defensive staff and myself in 2017 in February when Coach McElwain was there. Um, a former Eastern Washington football player uh, in his own right and uh, visit us. And I think uh, Mr. Richardson was, was a young uh, high school guy that actually attended a practice that we were actually at in the spring uh, in the indoor facility. So uh, now coming full circle, uh, he's now in pads, uh, you know, wearing uh, the, the Florida Gator colors and uh, playing. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's playing well and he, he's, he's, He's hard to contain. Uh, he could do multiple things, and those are the scariest quarterbacks out there that can beat with your feet, uh, beat with your uh, mind, and beat with your arm. I mean, it's it's kind of a, you know, if you try to take something away or contain something, then all of a sudden maybe you don't put enough uh, time and energy in something else. And uh, he's he's got weapons to be able to use. Um, uh, they're they're committed to doing it differently under Coach Napier, um, you know, establishing the run and, and getting the playmakers the ball in space. Um, high tempo. I met coach, coach Napier at Colorado State. Ironically enough, when he was coaching for Coach McElwain uh, as quarterback coach, I think that was in 2015 uh, at the time or 16. So um, there, there are some there are some things that are uh, in between the line stuff. But he's a hell of a player, a uh, hell of a quarterback, and he's kind of coming to his own. He's only getting better week in and week out. Yeah, and then I mean, you brought up Billy Napier, so let, let's talk about that. Uh, this is an interesting matchup between you two because. You guys were both uh, former FCS, or I guess at the time, Division One AA uh, players, you with Eastern Washington, and of course, Billy Napier was a quarterback at Furman. What are your thoughts on Billy Napier and his, I mean, again, first quarter of a season as the head coach of the Florida Gators? 
Well, I think I think it extends further back than that, having an opportunity at Fort Collins to kind of witness some of those meetings uh, that he ran. Obviously, his time in Tuscaloosa, um, he, he's been around some some incredible coaches. I believe he's been in Tempe uh, for a little bit of time at Arizona State. Um, the, those you're in those spots because you're trusted. You know what you're doing. You do it well. Um, and you get recognized for doing it well. And then he goes to uh, Louisiana and uh, and does a great job for the three or four years he was there. Um, not only put them on the map, but put them on the national scene. Um, and what they did, they I loved watching them on Thursday nights when I got home from practice and, and seeing the up-tempo offense, the excitement of his players that, that they did have. And a lot of times you take the personality on a, of your coach. It may take some time. Uh, but if done right over time, it will happen. And uh, so he's, he's got a historic career as not only a player, uh, as an assistant, but also as a head coach. And um, you, you can't be lucky that long. I mean, it just you're, you're good when you sustain something that long. You're not lucky. You're good at what you do. You do it better than than most. And he's done it uh, better than most. And that's why he's in the chair he's in. Um, and it'll be exciting. I was hoping to shake Coach McElwain's hand we, when we met him. Um, and little did we know that there's going to be two coaches after him um, after um, he was no longer the head coach. So things happen. It's a weird business, but Coach Napier uh, does it right, does it well, and does it better than most. And, I mean, you've mentioned now Billy Napier's up-tempo offense a few times. As a coach, how do you kind of prepare for that style where, you know, you can't make these substitutions and you might be on the field a little longer than you'd like to be? Well, it's, it's hard. Um, you know, no matter who you play, obviously the talent level is, is off the charts, the, the team we're going to face on Sunday. Um, you know, because it is, it's an SEC team. It's not a big sky team. Let's just get that out there. It's different. Guys are faster. Guys are stronger. Guys are better. Um, you know, it's just, it's just different um, in a lot of ways. Um, but I will say because we play a fast tempo offense, at least there's a little carryover from practice when we're practicing against ourselves uh, to where it's not such a difference, uh, a pace of play, because we are a no huddle up tempo team ourselves. Uh, it gives us a better chance in trying to recreate what a no huddle looks like, but it certainly presents issues and problems when you're on a six or eight or nine play drive on defense and they haven't switched out personnel and the ball hasn't, you know, been out on the sidelines where, where they hold, um, you know, the snap to get guys in or in, in the game. And so um, it's, it's, that's what they are, that he's always going to lean on what, what is, what has worked for him. And that's worked for him over the course of time. And, and that's the fun way of playing football there's not a ton of communication you just keep continuing to play so the fast pace usually takes out the the thinking of players um and, and the product's been good over time so it's extremely difficult um really the only advantage kind of going into it not the advantage but the only thing that that helps us is we are an up-tempo offense so our defense sees it uh, the tempo um maybe not their tempo but certainly not uh the playmakers they have and uh the way they get it done yeah, and about Billy Napier, we, we've talked about the up-tempo style. Um, he's got that little phrase that has rung through Gainesville of scared money, don't make money. And he kind of put his money where his mouth is this past Saturday against Tennessee. They went for it on fourth down six times, converted five of those. How do you kind of prepare for that where you're not really playing, you know, let's get to third down, let's get a stop, and then we, we make them punt. Now it's like, okay, well, these guys are willing and able to go for it consistently on fourth down. Well, I, th I think I think the, the scared money don't make money. I mean, that's confidence. You know, that's confidence in your team. That's confidence in yourself. Um, and there's going to be even more confidence playing at home instead of Knoxville. Um, you know, but when you believe in your players and the, and the players know you believe in them, 
it becomes a four down game. It, it becomes a, a little bit more meaningful. Uh, this, this game of football has taken on a, a new face the last six or eight years where analytics play and, you know, it's really four down football. A lot of times you can cross the 50 yard line. Uh, but, but certainly when you're five of six and fourth down situations with a game, that's, uh, you know, as big as an SEC game, Tennessee versus Florida. I mean, that's, that's, that's not only saying it, but that's backing it up by doing it. So um, you, you got to play four down football there. There's no downs off. And, uh, and that makes it hard because now you're trying to get 10 yards and four downs, uh, which makes it extremely difficult for the defense because now they got to play another down, uh, but they're still trying to get the same distance on offense. And so uh, it makes it hard. It keeps you guessing, uh, but uh, you're right. It's, it, it's, it's calculated risk-taking at its best and, and you want to be smart, uh, but it also instills some believability in your, your team when you say, no, I, I believe in you guys. And if you don't get it, I believe in the defense to get a stop or holding three points if, if we don't get it. So uh, it, it does a lot for your team, especially when you're successful in those uh, scared money, don't make money moments. I'll tell you, um, Vegas has made so much money based on my bets this season, um, specifically because I keep betting Florida Gators to either win if they're underdogs or cover if they're favorites. And they they haven't been great at them. They they have done it one time so far. I've been wrong three times. I have no problem admitting that. But I'm still up because of betting on on Florida to win that Utah game. So woohoo! Um, that's that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about making money, and that's what matters for me. Really, I've been using Bet Online for years now. It's been six years now, which is just insane to me. But it's got so much—not just football, basketball, baseball, soccer, tennis, hockey, table tennis, darts. You can bet on everything. You can bet on politics and presidential races. You could bet on economics and finance. You could bet on award shows, reality TV. There's everything there. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn all about the trends and action. Check out Bet Online. It's where the game starts. And Hurricane Ian is, is coming in. You know, Florida uh, classes have already been canceled through Friday at the time of recording. Right before we started recording, uh, the game officially got pushed to Sunday. Rain's expected to be around. It's going to be messy conditions. How does that impact your game plan? As you know, you mentioned you guys are an up-tempo offense. You like to throw the ball a lot. How does that kind of impact it if the weather, which again, Florida weather rains all the time, how does that kind of impact your game plan going into this one? Well, I think I think that's advantage Florida. I, I do uh, because we haven't seen we we've seen rain probably three times the last three months. Um, now the heat, I mean, it's 87 degrees here yesterday. It's going to be 88 today. So there, there's going to be some, some carryover when we get down there. Humidity is different down there than it is up in the Northwest, obviously. Uh, but, but it is going to be different. Playing on grass is different. There's a lot of, there's a lot of advantages, uh, being the home team already, but then being a home team on a grass surface, um, in your, you know, rainy elements, uh, in your, you know, humidity elements, uh, there's some things that, that, that we're, 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 by default, 
not going to be prepared for or as prepared for. Uh, but like we do many times in the playoffs, you know, you, you for our system, we play through December where it snows here. So we try to use that as an advantage. Now we're on the other side of things where how do we not make that as much of a disadvantage going on the, on the road in uh, maybe some inclement uh, type type situations of weather. Um, it's tough. It's different. We got to hold serve at home. And uh, so hopefully the, the, the track's not too muddy uh, when it's all said and done. I know they manicure that field. I wasn't allowed to get on there in 2017, even with uh, sneakers on when Coach McElwain, uh brought me in there to walk around. I was I was uh, told a couple of times, grabbed by my shirt. No, no, no. You don't get on this field. You can look at it, but not uh, get a feel for it. So um, they, they do it right and they do it well. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it comes. But we, we're all going to play in the same elements. That's what I do know. They may, y'all may be more acclimated to the elements, but if we scream about the elements, it's not like one team's playing in a different set of circumstances. We're all playing in the same circumstance. So that can't be part of our, our, our problem solving going forward. We got to, we got to, we got to adjust quicker than them and uh, see how that goes from, uh, from the opening kickoff. Yeah. And um, just stepping away from this game for just a second, we'll get right back to it. But how cool is it to play on the red field? Because for the listeners that don't know, Eastern Washington's field is, is bright red. It is awesome. Uh, how, how cool is that to have arguably the best field itself in football? Well, it, it, it's, it's really cool. It, but I would say it's probably way more unique than cool. Um, you know, it, it got instilled the first uh, uh, installed in the first round in 2010. Uh, and everybody in our athletic director at the time, Bill Chaves, who's now at the University of North Dakota um, as athletic director said, you know what, if they're talking about it, whether it's good or bad, they're still talking about it, you know? And so once it was installed um, and, and, and half the donation of the million dollar field was by Michael Ruse, a former uh, all pro uh, left tackle that I, I uh, was, was lucky to have coached in my early tenures, offensive line coach here, a dear friend of mine, when they, when him and Mark Hughes, associate athletic director put that, I guess, idea in motion and got that done and secured the finances to get that done. It was awesome. It was different. It was unique and it was talked about. But the most special thing is that year we won the national title on the first year the red turf was installed. Um, and so it, uh, it, that, that turf uh, played out its, its lifespan. Uh, we got new turf in, uh, in heading into to fall of, uh, or excuse me, fall of 20, but played on it for the first time in spring of 21. So it has got a makeover. Uh, it has got a facelift. Uh, it is not the original turf, but it, it is unique. It is fun. Uh, it is a home field advantage for us. We like to protect uh, the red, as we say, on uh, Roos Field. And so it is different and it's okay to be different. And uh, we, 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 we cherish the opportunity to play on the red. Yeah, I feel like you guys had a whole new meaning to a uh, red zone. And as horrible as that joke was, I apologize for it already. But, uh, this weekend, you have the, uh, I, I don't know what to call it, but you have that first ever SEC game for Eastern Washington. This is the first time Florida Gators get to do that. What went into just setting up this game? How do you kind of prepare for that atmosphere? Well, um, I'm not going to say there's there's any, you know, equal setting, but we, we've, we've played um, a setting two weeks ago in Autzen uh, that, that was a little loud. One of the louder stadiums uh, that I've been told in the, in the FBS realm um, at the FCS level, we played in some loud stadiums in Bozeman, in some Montana state. Uh, it's one of the better venues in Missoula uh, playing the university of Montana. Uh, that's a, that's a, a ruckus environment. Um, so it's not going to be like, 
we haven't been exposed uh, to a lot of environments. I've heard uh, the swamp is is uh, is the top, if not the top place uh, when they're rocking and rolling. Um, I'm, I'm told or been heard uh, that uh, Tom Petty plays between or the third, fourth or in the fourth quarter. Um, so uh, there's some traditions that uh, get 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 the fans excited and coming off a loss against uh, Tennessee. I mean, they're they're eager for a win. We're coming off a loss, tough loss against Montana State. We're eager for a win. Um, tough environments are kind of add to to the uh, to to the the game feeling of players playing. The more fans, the more people rooting against you, the more you kind of maybe are invested in uh, the situation or in the game. And so it is awesome. The first time ever Eastern Washington University football has played an SEC opponent. Uh, we've been down south a few times playing either playoff games or non-conference games, uh, but never been to an SEC uh, stadium or team. And so uh, it is a first time. So we don't have anything to compare it to necessarily, uh, but there's a few venues that, uh, that are up there that, that are uneasy to play in when you're an opposing team. And uh, this will obviously uh, be up there with, with the other ones we played out. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you'll be focused on the game. It'll be hard to kind of take it in, but uh, when one bag down plays, you'll see it, it is an awesome moment to just be there for. And uh, you've mentioned earlier, you know, this is, you guys are big sky. It's not the sec. There's different players, talents different there. And a lot of Gators fans and even media are talking about this as, you know, like it's a game that they're glossing over, essentially. What's the message to your team going into this game where it's just like, is that bulletin board material for you guys? Uh, if bulletin board material motivates you, you're probably in it for the wrong reasons. That That's my opinion. Um, no matter who we play, where we play, uh, we, we're, we're process driven. Results will take care of themselves. I know it's coach cliche to say that, uh, but we've got to focus on ourselves. Uh, when, when, you're, when you're talking about that, the last time I checked, no matter who you are, they, they play the games for a reason. Uh, you know, the touchdowns are still the same amount of points. Extra points are still the same amount of points. First downs are still 10 yards before you get a new set of chains. Um, you know, it, 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 the, the moment can't be too big, even though the moment may feel bigger than uh, maybe last week at home against Montana State. It, it, it can never be too big. Uh, the basics still play. Blocking, tackling, catching, running, breaking tackles, kicking, uh, precision, timing. I mean, all those things play no matter what level you're at or what level you're playing uh, playing at or what environment you're playing in. Um, so as simple as that sounds, it's, you know, gloss over not. It's, it's, it's that I can't control what we can't control. Um, but if we're putting stuff up on the bulletin board, I mean, there's, then we're, I think we're doing it for the wrong reasons. Uh, no matter if it's, you know, a non-conference game, uh, FBS, FCS, home or away, then um, we're not teaching the right teachings if all of a sudden we're putting stuff up to motivate our players to go out because it's a 60 minute game. I mean, it's, it's great to get up for a game, uh, but the game isn't won in, in the first five minutes. The game's won over 60 minutes of execution. And so, uh, we've got to do a better job than we have been in the first three weeks. We've gotten better, but um, we've got to have more precision. You know, you, you we don't intend to play perfect. I don't know what the definition of perfect is, uh, but we've got to play um, as close to flawless as we can play to give ourselves a chance uh, in any game, uh, but especially a game like this. And the Gators have two players on the defensive side of the ball that are very talented up front, specifically in Javon Dexter and Brenton Cox Jr. And I know you're an offensive line guy. How do you kind of game plan around neutralizing the both of them, if that's even possible? I mean, it's, 
it's it, it's much like watching Sports Center growing up. You you, you can't stop them. You you only hope to contain them a little bit. I mean, they, they're going to do what they do. Uh, we've got to mix mix obviously pass run play action screen RPO. Uh, we we've got to do a good job to do as as much as we can uh, to keep the entire defense. Uh, off balance or, or kind of guessing, somewhat guessing. Um, and it all starts on first down. You know, their <laughs> production on first down, no matter what game it is, allows the playbook to be more open on second down when you're second and six or less, as opposed to second and eight or nine and more. Um, so we've got to stay out, not, stay out of obvious pass situations because I think that's where they kind of pin their ears back, any team, but especially two guys and get home to the quarterback. And you can't just do it with one offensive tackle or one tight end or one running back uh, we've got to mix things up and and maybe hope they're off their game uh, Sunday maybe they move the game a day later so maybe they're off the game and their circadian rhythm is is not uh, what it usually is on Saturdays at home uh, you know a little luck would, would would help us I'll always take any amount of luck anybody gives us uh, in any situation I just uh, you, you you've got to identify great players they're great players um, I don't know if you neutralize them. I think it, as much as we can to not allow them to, uh, you know, put together a, a season-long highlight reel in one game is, uh, is is something we'd like to stay away from. Uh, but we got to do that by being, you know, keeping people off balance and and playing. Like I said, as as flawless and as as close to Eastern Washington football that we can play and and uh, kind of see where things go from there. And I mean, you just mentioned putting together a season long highlight reel and Hendon Hooker kind of did that against the Florida Gators this past Saturday Had multiple big plays and Florida throughout the season has kind of struggled with giving up those big plays. Is that something where you can kind of look at that game, specifically the Tennessee one? And is there enough time to maybe see, OK, Tennessee did this and got a big play from it. Can we kind of implement that into our offense or is there just not enough turnaround for that? Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's different. It's SEC versus SEC. Um, concepts are concepts. You know, teams, you know, SEC splits wide receivers out. They get in the max splits and they try to, you know, you know, spread people out. That's their, their, their name of the game. We, ideas are ideas. It's nice to say, hey, I like this concept or I like this idea or I like this red zone uh, package or, or play. Um, but then we ask each other every week, no matter who we play, do we have that formation? Do we have that personnel? Um, are we ever going to be in that situation? Does that really fit us? How much are we doing that's not really us? Um, and then if you're not really doing stuff that you normally do, then your players naturally, if, if they're committed to the process, are saying, why are we doing stuff that, that is out of our character? So uh, there are some things that, that you know, we run similar to everybody in the country, but I would, I would then challenge ourselves, how well do we run it? When do we run it? How good is our protection when we do run it? How is our blocking when we do hand it off? There's a lot of variables. Um, and I love those Sunday and Monday quarterbacks that'll tell you what, it, what it's like and how you should do it. Uh, the, the, no, one, no, one, no one tries to be bad. Everybody tries to be good and everybody tries to do it the right way. Uh, but there's a lot to a simple run play or a simple uh, pass play or a simple screen play. Um, that's why it's a team game. It's a consummate team game. 11 guys got to do it right uh, to give yourself a better chance. And so um, we will, we, we look at the film, uh, but we, we got to find out what, what we do best against what they do as their base and see if we can, you know, just kind of chip away a little bit. Um, hanging on the football is number one priority not giving the football up is a number one priority, regardless of punts. If we give them possessions because we turn the ball over uh, via interception or fumble, 
that hurts any team. And especially when you're on the road against any, any outfit that, that uh, it's almost like putting yourself down 14 points before you even step into the arena to play a football game. And then all of a sudden you give the ball up unnecessarily. Th those things, those things are the ones that really bury you at some point uh, throughout the game. So um, no, it doesn't provide us more information than we need, uh, but any information we'll take. Uh, they have played four games, uh, four tough games in, in my anticipation and good teams have to have tough moments and they've had tough moments. Uh, they got a win versus South Florida uh, late in the game, miss a field goal. I mean, those, those tough times create tough teams and uh, and Florida's trying to create that. We're trying to create that. Uh, we've been in tough moments in our three games, uh, two of the three games in particular. And so it may not go your way, uh, but those moments you can reach back and learn from. And as long as you're willing to learn, you always have a better chance. And you were the offensive coordinator at Eastern Washington uh, in the early-ish 2010s is when you took over 2012, I believe is the exact uh, year that Cooper Cup was there. And some people might know a little bit about him. So what is it like to kind of have a player where multiple times today you've been like, yeah, this is big sky football. It's not SEC players. Big sky football has arguably one of the most productive players at his position in NFL history. Just what's that mean to kind of be his coach at a certain point? Well, I, the one thing I will always say, and I've always said with, with Cooper, um, very under-recruited out of high school, uh, which a lot of our guys are, um, especially here. I can only speak for Eastern Washington University, but they uh, they have a chip on their shoulder and uh, they, they want to prove something to somebody or somebody's that uh, maybe someone missed on. Uh, he is the consummate guy where in games, what you see on Sundays is what he did on Tuesdays in the middle of practice in Skelly, uh, in team run, um, in two minute situations. He's the same guy. He, he never, he never changed in a phone booth. He was always the same guy um, and always played at the same speed. So I, I say this all the time, especially when scouts came in and asked about Cooper when, when he was uh, coming out here is what's he like? He said, well, he's four, six in practice, but he's also four, six in games. He, he, he's not, he's not four, three, um, you know, sometimes in games and then four, eight other times games, you know what you're going to get. Um, and it's about as consistent, more consistent I've, than any player I've ever been or any person for that matter that I've been around uh, when the lights are on and whether the lights are on or off, whether it's Tuesday, Friday or Saturday, whether it's FBS, FCS, um, he was always counted on because of his sheer consistency. Um, his, his studying of the game is, is unmatched. I mean, he's looking at a film six years ago of one-on-ones from the time where he was nine years old and watching guys that came before him at Eastern. He just, he consumes information and he's using that information in some capacity. And so he is a, uh, he is a student of this game, whether it be, you know, high school, college or pro, and that's made him who he is. And, and we applaud him uh, for representing the Eagle as, as, as well as he did while he was here um, and carried that on to uh, the NFL. And I've been asked, are you surprised? Absolutely not. You know what you're going to get when, when you drafted Cooper Cup. And he, he, he's always done it in a high clip. And he's earned everything uh, that, that, that he's garnered as far as accomplishments and accolades. And, and winning the Super Bowl was, was, I mean, just absolutely phenomenal. Having been on the short end of a Super Bowl uh, game and then all of a sudden been on the correct side of a Super Bowl game. I mean, it's, it's kind of who he is. You know what I'm saying? Kept grinding, kept doing. Um, and he's about as, as, as personable as it gets. He's, he's feet on the ground, eyes forward, uh, and uh, I couldn't be more proud of, of Cooper and what he's accomplished.
And there's just one more question before I let you go again. Thank you so much for your time here. And you played for Eastern Washington. You were a center and long snapper for Eastern Washington. And then you've spent, uh, I believe it's 22 seasons now on the staff with one year off uh, to coach in Canada. And now you've been the head coach for six years. Just what does that mean to you to kind of grow up with Eastern Washington as a young man and then, and then just remain the head coach now? Well, the Paul Wolf, who's the offensive line coach at a high school, um, recruited me, um, and, and I'm forever indebted to him, identifying me as a guy that gave me an opportunity. And really, uh, my only FCS opportunity at the time, um, I came here to go to school first and play football second. Uh, I, I never wanted to coach down to college football in my life. I wanted to be a high school teacher and coach. Um, and so Coach Wolf gave me the opportunity to do that here at Eastern. Um, I, uh, I, like I said, everybody, a lot of people say you got to write it down for it to happen. I, I'm not a firm believer that, you know, good work and noted, no, you know, notable and notice good work, uh, and hard work always will pay off. Maybe not in the time frame you want it to, uh, but I fell in love with the college college game. Um, it's hard. Um, it's really hard. People are special here at Eastern. Um, I'm here for a reason. I met my wife. We have three kids here uh, that I'm forever thankful for. And a lot of that is due to Paul Wolf giving me an opportunity. And really, it was a it was a small opportunity. I was not a full scholarship kid out of high school. Um, I, I try to earn uh, everything in life that I've, that I've ever uh, obtained. And, and that's the old lineman's kind of mentality. It's uh, we're the only people in sports play back to the football. So nobody in sports has their eyes away from the action other than the offensive line. So we just sometimes think a little different, speak a little different, act a little different, uh, but they're counted on. They're the most trusted people in any sport at any level because they're supposed to do what they're supposed to do for other guys to get to do what they get to do. And so um, I've tried to take that approach as, as an offensive line coach, um, as a head coach, and uh, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. So um, you don't have to dream it to be it because uh, I never dreamed to be a head football coach, but uh, I'm forever humble for the opportunity to, to lead 105 guys and, you know, 20 or 25 coach slash support staff members. And, uh, and it's tough because decisions have to be made day in and day out, week in and week out. Hell, hour in and hour out based on, you know, the situation we just got presented this morning uh, with certain things and people are relying on you. Um, and so uh, we're trying to instill that in our players to, to continue to be leaders, even though they're not agreed uh, by or upon with all parties. Um, as long as you believe in that somebody, it may not be what you agree with, but if we support 100%, we have a better chance. And so um, I, I've, I've spent a lot of time here. I don't know if I, 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 I'm doing it the right way, uh, but I'm doing it in a way I was, I, I was raised uh, by a lot of coaches and teachers to do it. And uh, as long as, as you put in hard work, you got a better chance. And so um, I've just uh, tried to make tweaks along the way, but uh, very grateful for the opportunity. Uh, to be in this position that I never, like I said, dreamed of or wanted. I wasn't chasing anything. Uh, I live day by day and uh, try to take everything in um, and, and very, very humble to be able to do what I do uh, with the people I do it with. Yeah, thank you so much, Coach. This was Coach Aaron Best, the head coach of the Eastern Washington Eagles. And best of luck this, I mean, now Sunday. Uh, best of luck. You don't this- mean that. You don't mean that. I know. <laughs> you don't mean that. I have, have be safe. I can, yeah, I say that I'm good with that. I, I'm good be with safe. that, but I'll take the luck too. If we get it, <laughs> be safe. And thank you so much, coach. Thanks, Brian.
Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow as we're talking more Florida Gators versus Eastern Washington. We'll preview this game a bit more. Saturday, we've got John Garcia, Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting and Lockdown's Recruiting Insider joining me. Sunday, we're going live after the game, so we've got a ton of content. And if you want more content, check out Lockdown SEC, hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Get the best coverage on the best conference, including the best university, the University of Florida for Lockdown Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports, and GiantsCountryOfSI.com. And I'll see you all tomorrow.